Welcome to The Deciders with Renee Frazier. This is Renee Frazier, founder and CEO of Frazier Communications, the leading woman-owned and woman-led advertising and communications firm in Southern California. Our show, The Deciders, features leaders, change agents, folks who can tell stories and insights that help us grow our businesses and make an important and improved impact on our communities. As an advocate for women, I have followed the research on gender and pay equity for many years. And as you listeners know, on the show, I like to highlight bright lights of success, women's successes, those who are successful, as well as men who have helped women succeed in their careers and the impact they've had on trends. Well, today we're going to be talking about a bright light in this arena that includes a particular man who's made a big difference. We're going to be talking about USC Marshall School. It is a bright light in achieving gender balance participation at the university and an institution where women are the predominant student leaders. And as we all know, this kind of change, because this is not typical for business schools, has to start at the top. Well, today we're going to speak with Jeffrey Garrett, Dean of the Marshall School of Business at USC, and two leading female students. Dean Garrett has intentionally increased the number of women graduate students and undergraduates at the business school. And USC Marshall School is the first school in the top 20 to reach gender parity among first-year full-time MBA students. In fact, in 2018, 52% of the class were women. And this year, 52% of the undergraduates are women. So we talk about gender balance. They're actually on the other side of that, which we really appreciate. Uh, Dean Garrett, welcome to The Deciders. My real pleasure to be here with you, Renee. Thank you. I'm going to begin by asking you how you've managed to achieve this gender balance and emphasis on diversity at Marshall. Well, I think, you know, like everything else, um, you need a a full court press to achieve real change. So I I think it's important for me and other leaders to talk about the importance of gender diversity and gender parity at the school. I think it's really important and we've put a lot of effort into not only uh, getting women to apply to our programs, but then trying to convince them to come to the Marshall School And then, of course, once students arrive on campus, we need to create an environment in which all students, including all of our women, can thrive. And then we need to help women with careers. But but I really think, you know, the the biggest story is a word of mouth story that mostly comes from the success of our students, which is why I'm so pleased to have two exemplary students with incredible stories, Divya and Emily, with us today. I appreciate that very much. And I'll tell the listeners, when we just talked about the show with Dean Garrett, he immediately said, what about students? And I thought it was a very smart idea. And you're going to hear from these two young women. I'll introduce them each as we start uh, in that segment of the show. Uh, Let me ask about how women are doing in the program. I mean, business school is tough. There's a lot of competition, rigorous. And I know the, uh, the complexity of the subjects, especially at the undergraduate level, where you have not yet chosen a particular industry or sector to focus on. So how do women do? Yeah, the the simple answer, uh, certainly at the undergraduate level, is that our women outperform our men and our men are pretty good. Uh, 
more of our women undergraduates graduate on time and they graduate with higher GPAs and they enter the workforce with the same or higher level of success than our male students do. So, you know, the proof of the pudding is in the eating uh, and frankly, our women are killing it. <laughs> I love hearing that. I've, I'm also excited at the fact that they're in such strong leadership positions. And I'll mention that when I talk about Emily uh, and her accomplishments. But when we talk about women in the program succeeding men and finishing more of them finishing on time. That's a good thing parents like to hear as we, as we pay for the tuition. That's great to hear. Uh, let me ask about the, the other changes you've made. You know, I, I did my 50-50 women on boards event today, and uh, we heard CEOs talk about a mindset of inclusion, a culture that has to permeate. As I mentioned at the outset, it starts at the top, but you really, as you said, have to work hard at it. It takes a team effort. What have you done in the culture to make women feel empowered and to let those voices rise up? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I think the two key words for me would be culture and leadership. Uh, on the culture side, I think, you know, I, I, I think it's just the case now that uh, a concept like leading diversity becomes uh, a core skill set that anybody who graduates from a business school should have. And so I think we, on the culture side, we want to say both that we have a responsibility to people from all work, walks of life uh, and of either gender or any gender uh, to thrive on campus. But in a business school environment, I think we can also say that the ability to lead, to recruit, to manage, to lead diverse teams is just a core part of business, business schools going forward. And that's the direction of cultural change uh, on, in which we're headed at Marshall. But I, I also do think leadership matters. And, you know, frankly, I'm an old white guy, but I'm so pleased that the majority of my senior leadership team, the dean's cabinet, uh, is made up of women, uh, and I and I think representation and leadership really matters. So, so it it, it is uh, press ahead on all, all fronts. I think we're making progress on culture, but but being able to um, practice what you preach in terms of our own leadership team, I think, is very important. That makes a lot of sense, and it means that the young people see that right in the leadership team and the and the way the school is run. What about in the case of the faculty? Because that's, of course, who the students interact with most. How much progress have you made there? Well, I, I don't think anyone will be surprised to know that uh, my answer is going to be progress, but slow and there's more to do. So in terms of our total faculty count, I've just been looking at the data. About one third of our faculty are women at the moment. You know, that's increased from 25 percent um, 10 years ago or so. Um, I'm personally committed now to, just as we've achieved gender parity in our incoming uh, student classes, first at the MBA level and then at undergraduate, I, I want us to achieve gender parity in our new professorial hires in the next several years. Uh, and if we do that, we'll get to 40% of our faculty, we're projecting to get to 40% of our faculty as women within a few years. But I think everyone's got to remember that this kind of progress is slow in universities because ac academic careers are so long. Uh, however, I think directionally, uh, directionally, we're on the right path. Um, I just hope everyone will be with us in understanding that, that it's going to take a while for us. It's going to take longer for us to get the gender parity on the faculty side. But I do think it's critically important for the reason that 
you indicated, Renee, that uh, you know, if we've got fantastic uh, female students who are killing it in the classroom, uh, I'd like them to be inspired by uh, inspired by women professors in those classes and outside the classroom. Well, and I know from our earlier conversations with the two students, there are women that they look up to and engage with. Uh, it's so important that you feel connected right, to people at the school. Let's start with uh, Emily Aguilar. Uh, Emily is one of the two students who will be on the show. She's at the Marshall School and she's president of the Graduate Student Association at Marshall. Welcome to the show, Emily. We're delighted to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Let me ask you, how, how does it feel to be at the Marshall School? And do you feel that your voice gets heard as much as men? It feels excellent being um, at Marshall School of Business. Going back to graduate school after working is definitely an investment in self and coming is always nerve wracking. But my place at Marshall feels right. I feel like I have a platform to speak on issues that I care about, not only to faculty and professors, but also administration and my colleagues. Tell me how you feel about the academics and the environment of the classroom. Are you feeling fully engaged? Are you feeling like you're one of a team or is there any hindrances that hold you back? No, I definitely feel empowered at Marshall. It's a big team environment. We do all of our group projects together. The class really comes together. Being president, especially during times of COVID, there proved to be a challenge, whether that be virtual or in person, but really bringing people together is amazing. I know we talk about gender on this, but 45% of my class is women. And so many student leaders are also women. So it really does feel comfortable and it feels like a platform for me to be in the position I am as I see so many other female leaders in my class. I love that being your real self and, and congratulations on being head of the Graduate Student Association. Can you tell me quickly, why did you choose to do that? Yeah, when elections came around, I'd already been involved in the Marshall Student Graduate Association. And I was talking to my team, five people, kind of floating the idea by them. And I was met with such enthusiasm. And I decided I had so many empowering ideas and how to further women in business. Coming back to business school was a motion for me to bring positive change into the world. So if I could start doing that with Marshall, and if I could start doing that in the LA community, it feels like a great platform to really just start getting my toes wet into that society. Excellent, Emily. You know, I am a big believer if we had more women leading, the world would be a different place. And that's one of the reasons I'm an advocate as well. But let me ask you about gender as an issue. When did you realize that gender was an issue that you had to overcome or face? It's funny you posed this question. We actually talked about it in our Marshall Leadership Fellows Program just last week. It was an interesting question of when you feel gender in the corporate workplace. And I raised my hand and shared, I felt gender for as long as I can remember. Being a young woman going through school and being pulled out of math in 10th grade because I had completed the math requirement and fighting to get back into that math class to going to college and having to work extra hard in class because I didn't want to sound stupid in front of my male counterparts, or then going to corporate America and having to study the presentation 10 times over because the people you're presenting to might not take you seriously or have no idea what kind of position you hold. So being a woman is always putting on the extra work to perform and to do well. Gender has always played a role in my life. And the fact that I'm more cognizant about it means I could be more powerful with how I react to it. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's sad for me. I've been in business 30 years and I always thought it would have changed by now. But uh, 
we're still we're still handling these issues with with strong, powerful women. And I love hearing that. And congratulations. Divya, let's talk about your experience as an undergraduate student at the Marshall School. You're in uh, finance, right? And you're the VP of finance at the Trojan Investing Society. And I guess a project manager for the business technology group. So you're stepping into leadership roles. Uh, first of all, you, I'm sure you like it. Tell me what you enjoy about it. And then let's talk about some of the gender issues you might be facing. Yeah, coming into Marshall, I really enjoyed getting to join organizations. And as a junior, I've been in these organizations for a couple of years. And I've stepped into leadership roles kind of naturally by working as managers of certain projects and then moving into overall board roles. And I've really enjoyed getting to play a bigger role in the organizations and think about how they're run rather than just working on one-time projects. And so that's definitely been my favorite part of being involved in them through Marshall. And when it comes to when I recognized that gender was an issue and my experience with gender issues, um, it mirrors Emily's situation in that coming into Marshall, as Dean Garrett mentioned, um, we have a pretty even split. And so in my beginner business classes, I see a lot of women and I don't really feel that gender disparity that may be present in some other business schools. But going into my upper division finance classes is really when I started to notice that disparity in that they tend to be majority male and kind of mirror the industry in that way. And as I approach those classes, like Emily mentioned, I always felt a little bit more hesitant to answer a question unless I knew it for sure because I didn't want to seem as though I wasn't technically proficient or I didn't deserve a spot at some of the companies I was planning on working at. And I really wanted to portray myself in the best way that I could, just because I look differently from everybody else. And that's definitely been something that I've been working through as I move into my senior year and continue at Marshall and continue taking these classes that tend to be very male dominated. Good for you, you know, for standing up. But there's quite a bit of research about how uh, if there's a job opportunity with 10 qualifications and a man has four or five, He'll raise his hand for the job. Same answer a question, right? Even if you don't have all the reading done. Whereas women typically expect themselves to have to have nine or 10 of those things. And they don't see themselves as qualified. And we see that across industries and across age groups. So you really have to work that, right? You have to empower yourself. And I, in many cases, I have to talk to myself. I have to really say, don't let yourself get down. And there's a Amy Cutting who talks about go into the room and make a big space of yourself. You've there's a lot of techniques that we use these days, but I'm glad to hear that you guys are taking a lead in the roles at the university level, because I think that's such great practice, right? Uh, with the uh, Trojan Investing Society, these clubs that are set up. I know also that the dean talked about how there's so much leadership of women in the organization. and Those are folks you can go to. The vice dean, I know, came up in an earlier conversation. Can one of you talk about your relationship with a Dean Suping Koo. Yes, Emily, please. Yeah, so I have a great relationship with Dean Suping Koo, who is the Dean of all graduate programs at Marshall. Um, I, I have the privilege of getting to work with her once a week, and she is really passionate about not only women in business, but women in finance. And she is really helpful in terms of getting women excited about finance, which I know that Divya can talk about how it might be intimidating to have women in there. Um, she is working with me on a gender parity committee where the students can come on and help us in terms of the admission process. She it clears out the roadmap of what it looks like for students start to finish and saying yes to Marshall Business School. 
she's involved in getting women in leadership positions, as well as hearing their voices and being making them stronger. I feel very lucky to be in her presence. And as someone who's not super strong in finance, she makes me eager to learn more because she makes it so accessible to everybody that she teaches. I, I love it. You know, I'm just going to throw an idea out there. I'm, I'm a USC uh, alum and I'm serving the Greif Center with a, a number of other alums. If you develop this program and you want to create a mentorship program for women to come into business, I know there are many business women who would love to mentor a young woman. Uh, and there could be an opportunity to really channel some of that energy through the whole process and get internships as well as uh, mentoring opportunities. So keep that in mind. I'm so glad to hear, though, that you've got people you can turn to. Divya, are there people that you also use for, as mentors or get engaged with to help guide you and your, your, your journey? Yeah, interestingly enough, uh, a lot of my mentors have been upperclassmen women that went through the banking recruiting process. And as I mentioned before, investment banking is very male dominated and that process can kind of cater towards males since it's dependent on networking. And so you're calling with bankers and bankers just naturally tend to skew more male. And so within my organization, Trojan Investing Society, we get mentors and I got to have a mentor of a older upperclassman that already finished her banking summer and did an internship. And she worked at a firm that was tech based in San Francisco. And she was one of two or three girls that was in that entire firm. And so that was a really valuable experience for me to just hear from her and how she kind of handled that situation, since it's kind of natural to want to move into that more masculine persona to fit in. She was able to kind of tap into her strengths as being a woman and hearing how she took advantage of that being in the banking sphere was super interesting. And so through Marshall, I've been able to meet a lot of those upperclassmen mentors, even above professors and deans that are at the school as well. Right. A real nurturing environment. I think that's wonderful. Yeah, it's great. I I know that these kinds of experiences, uh, you know, are unfortunately a, a part of society. Uh, and Dean Garrett, you've probably seen some of this in your own life. Do you want to share one of the ways you see gender bias through your own lens? Yeah, um, uh, you know, the, these issues are now deeply personal for me, Renee, because my daughter is a young woman in finance. And so I, I get, you know, I can read all the industry statistics, but hearing it from my own daughter, the the assumptions that are made about uh, still about women in finance uh, just stick with me. And I'll only mention two very briefly. Um, my daughter was on a Zoom call with a bunch of bankers and a bunch of assistants. And at the end of the meeting, it was time to organize the next meeting. So all the assistants were going to get together. And my daughter was assumed to be an assistant only because she had a female first name, which was quite amazing. And then uh, somebody was also soon after uh, going to wanted to be her mentor uh, in her firm. And of course, it was a more senior woman. And, the, and this woman said to her, listen, get out of investment and get into investor relations because uh, women do better schmoozing the clients. And, you know, it was pretty stunning to me to hear those things uh, when, we, when you know, as you said, we, we've been working on these issues for decades, but the, the pace of change seems to be slower than we'd all we'd all hope. It is, it is. But I'm glad you've had that personal experience. I think that adds to your zeal, you know, and your understanding of um, how hurtful these things can be. You know, the uh, the notion of go into relationships because you you know women do better there. 
uh, I'm sure the woman was saying it out of kindness, but she had no idea that she was reinforcing, right, a stereotype and a bias that exists. Uh, it's We have to make them aware of it. And I, I suspect in your case of your daughter, it was hard for her to say, you know, my dad, who's dean of a business school, told me that that's not appropriate. Uh, I suspect she, you know, it's hard when you're in that kind of an environment. That's one of the things the young women on the on the show today face. You know, there there's a certain amount of intimidation factor. Uh, can, can either of you relate to that and maybe talk about how you've overcome that at the school? Yeah, I can I can I could start. Um intimidation in business and imposter syndrome is something that we talk about all, all the time. Um, lucky in business school, we have leadership courses in our first year that we are happy. We all have to take together and we address these things in a big public setting. We talk about the pros and cons of how to address it and how to be authentic. And we have active debates on what it even means to be authentic in the workplace as a woman, um, which is a pretty male dominated, just like, stereotype for, for years and years. Um, so just having those open discussions and allowing people to freely speak their voices on both sides, on all sides, really gives you a level of comfort that you're able to start seeding in yourself. So now, given my tools that I've learned at Marshall Business School, I feel so much more comfortable walking into a room that I might not know people feel like my presentation skills have gotten better. My analytical skills have gotten better. And even my interpersonal skills have gotten better. So I think what Marshall Business gives me is just the tool belt to be a better, more effective leader. And within myself to take that and look myself in the mirror and say, no, you are worth this job, even if you have four to five, <laughs> four to five requirements out of the job, right? Take the chance, take the leap. Right. So I am very grateful for my time. You know, it's tough. You really have to talk those things, have courageous conversations about that. Um, I commend the school for doing that. It's one thing to talk with your girlfriends about it, but to be able to talk in a public setting and hear both sides. Divya, what about you? Yeah, I also took a class in my freshman year. It was called Global Leadership Program, and it was for only freshmen in Marshall. And so that in itself kind of created a safe space and that we weren't intimidated by having upperclassmen there. And it was grounded in guest speakers. So every single week we'd have a new guest speaker and our professor made a point to have it be evenly split between women and men. And that was an incredibly valuable experience, especially coming from high school and not really seeing a lot of women role models at my high school, coming to university and seeing a lot of USC alum that were women that really took a chance on their careers and they took a lot of risks and they moved into different fields and they were very confident in themselves throughout all of those shifts that they had in their lives. That really brought me a lot of inspiration in terms of what I could achieve coming out of Marshall. And even going into my classes, I was able to take with me their experiences and the fact they were willing to take those risks and it ended up being a good thing for them. And that's definitely something that still continues to motivate me as I finish out my time at Marshall. I think it's great. I'm, I'm impressed. I th I, I'm delighted to hear how Marshall has really stepped up with intention. And Dean Garrett, we've just clearly coming, like I said, from the top and the leadership group, making sure that it's an even split in terms of the guest speakers. It's so easy to slip, you know, our unconscious bias, right, takes us to people we know, people we like. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I salute the school. I think it's great for people to hear about these kinds of practices. We're going to end with a question to all three of you, which is about uh, challenges that remain for you as you address uh, gender issues. And I'm going to start with the dean because he's addressing gender 
equity at Marshall School. What are the challenges? And for the two women students, any challenges you see in your future? Go ahead, please. Yeah, so let, let me start by saying that, you know, I, I, I think I, I want to be humble. We've made progress, but we've got a long way to go. Uh, I think we've done a great job in recruiting fantastic uh, women students and diversifying our student body. We've got to keep working on inclusive culture on campus and increasing faculty diversity, as I've said. But, but I think then, you know, business schools are ultimately judged by how our students do when they leave. And, you know, what I see out there in the world today is that the two sort of highest paying, most powerful professions in the upper reaches of technology and upper reaches of finance, there are still very few women and more generally those sectors of business are the least diverse in our society. I think we've got to work on that and that's a responsibility we have in business schools. And then of course, even I'm thinking about first jobs there, but the thinning of women as we go, as you go higher up in management in organizations continues to be an enormous challenge. What you've done, Renee, at the board level with through your leadership is just incredible. But as you and I have discussed, that's not reflected in the C-suite of major organizations. So, you know, I don't think the responsibility of business schools end when it ends when our students graduate. It's throughout their careers. And I'm certainly committed to trying to press for more change there as well. Good point. Good point. Thank you for being an advocate. We're only going to have a, a, about 30 seconds. So Divya and Emily, would you like to chime in on challenges you see you're facing? Yeah, I can jump in first. Um, since I, like I mentioned, I plan to pursue investment banking. And as Dean Garrett mentioned, those senior leadership teams are very male dominated. And that industry kind of rests on networking and getting to know people. And so moving into that industry, I plan to challenge myself by really reaching out to those people, even if they don't look or act like me and really developing those connections as I move into investment banking. Very smart. How about you, Emily? Yeah, to build on what Divya said, um, I believe that this challenge will continue throughout my life um, because I want you know to be aggressive in the corporate world. I want to to make effective change and make the world a better place. And I think that starts with building community and having these open discussions with everyone that will listen. Um, so really excited to keep to keep fighting the good fight. Thank you. What powerhouses you both are, and thank you so much, Dean Garrett. This has been a really inspiring conversation. I love meeting such strong advocates and true superstars. Thank you, listeners, for spending time with us on The Deciders. You can hear our podcast anytime at FraserCommunications.com. As you know, we're a full-service advertising communications firm, and you can reach me at FraserCommunications.com. We'll be back next week here on The Deciders with Renee Frazier. <laughs>